Chapter 39 What Lurks in the Shadows Herman and Klaus sat at a kitchen table with cups of weak tea in front of them, along with Dita and her mother. We're trying to find out who murdered your boyfriend, Herman said to Dita, whose dirty blonde hair was tied behind her head and whose mascara had been smeared by her tears. Husband, she asserted while wiping her eyes, we were married just before he disappeared. You know, he told me more than once that he feared for his life, but I always thought it was nerves. I thought the responsibility of marriage had been too much for him and that he had walked out on me. I had no idea. I think you can help us find his killer, Herman told her. I think you're the only one who can. Tita shook her head at this over and over and she muttered, I don't see how. Did he tell you why he'd been spending so much time at the Clausen synagogue, Herman asked. Dita didn't reply. She just glanced at her mother. We are going to get answers, Klaus groaned. Knowing this tactic wouldn't be helpful, Herman interrupted Klaus by putting up his hand, and he said to Dita, In no way will you or your family get into trouble for anything your husband was involved in. Isn't that right, Captain? Yes, Klaus maintained as softly as he could. I won't even mention your name in my report. My responsibility is simply to discover and apprehend those responsible for your husband's murder. And we can only do this, Herman added, if we could understand the nature of the scheme your husband was participating in. It's likely your husband's killer was participating in this scheme too somehow. What do you want me to tell you, Dita uttered. You met Captain Fisher while working at Umalerju, Herman noted. He flirted with me when I took his coat, Dita replied. Actually, a lot of men flirted with me when I took their coats. But he was different. He didn't treat me like some dumb blonde dinka just because of how I look. And I'm not dumb. I went to Minerva. A very good school, Herman stated, along with a couple of nods. My wife went there. I would have graduated too, Dita added, if it weren't for the war. My husband died a little while ago, Dita's mother interjected. He left us with no source of income, so I couldn't afford the tuition anymore. Max saw right away that I was smart, Dita went on while sitting up straight in her chair. On our first date, we discussed Hegel and Schopenhauer and Kant, too. He was impressed that I had written a term paper about Kant and his critique of pure reason. He and Kant were both from Konigsberg, remarked Herman. They were even baptized in the same church, Dita remarked back with a big smile on her face. All this talk about Kant must have caused Klaus to relive those memories he didn't want to relive because he both flinched and turned away. If we could get back to the night at Umalaju, Herman said, it's our understanding that Captain Fisher was there with two men. Colonel Riedel and his aide, Dita replied. Do you know Colonel Riedel, Herman asked. Max told me a little about him later, Dita answered, after we got serious. He didn't like the man at all, and he especially didn't like the man's aide. He always told me that he didn't trust either of them, 
and that he was only involved with them because he had no choice. Did he ever talk to you about the dinner he had with Colonel Riedel at Umalaju? Herman asked next. Dita nodded, and she pointed out, Max was not a perfect man. He told me this on our first date. He told me that he had some, some indiscretions with women in the past, and that he had gotten into some trouble at work because of it. He also owed quite a bit of money. Anyway, he met Colonel Riedel at some Christmas party just before we met, and he promised to make all of Max's problems go away, especially his money problems. That's why they were meeting for dinner that night. Just how was Riedel going to make all your husband's money problems go away, questioned Herman. He didn't tell me, Dita insisted. He said that he couldn't. He said that he had promised to keep it a secret. But he also said that we would soon never again have to worry about money. Did he often worry about money or talk about it, was Herman's next question. Not really, she contended. I... He once asked me, Dita's mother interrupted. He asked me if I knew someone who could buy valuables. I thought he meant a pawn shop or something like that. But he wanted someone who could buy very expensive things, such as fine jewelry and gold bullion and priceless heirlooms and a large quantity of them. What did you tell him, Herman asked. That I didn't know anyone like that, the woman replied, which is the truth and he never brought it up again. Once more, Herman turned to Dita, and he said to her, Did your husband ever mention any of his activities at the Clausen Synagogue? Even something that may seem utterly insignificant could be an important clue. I don't recall him mentioning anything specific about what he was doing there, Dita maintained. Like I said, he couldn't tell me what he was doing there. But... But what, Herman murmured while leaning forward in his chair. He would often tell me how frustrated he was with the whole project, as he called it, Dita explained. Every night this got worse, and it seemed he came home later and later, until he didn't come home at all. You mentioned before that he feared for his life, commented Herman. He thought, Dita said, he thought something was watching him in the synagogue. Something, Herman uttered with surprise. Don't you mean someone? It's so, so Blasnivad, Dita muttered while shaking her head. Just crazy. But he thought there was a golem in the synagogue. Herman and Klaus reacted to this in the same way, by glancing at each other. But Herman quickly spun back to Dita and asked, Why would he think that? He said that he often heard loud footsteps when he was there late at night, she answered. Footsteps that he said couldn't be human. He thought this golem was pursuing him in the building. He told me it was getting closer to him every night. He even told me that he saw it once lurking in the shadows. A big giant monster. But like I told you, I thought this was Max's nerves. I thought he was anxious about being married so suddenly and that this golem was a manifestation of this. Herman had only one more question for Dita. Do you have any of your husband's belongings? I have some of his clothes, she replied. Anything else, he asked. Dita thought about this, and she mentioned, I might have some of his papers, too. This led Herman to ask, May we see them? 
Dita nodded, and she slowly rose from the table, which is when Herman for the first time noticed that she was pregnant. She afterward left the room, and when she returned a short time later, she gave Herman a handful of papers, and she and her mother took their leave. One of the papers stuck out to Herman, a folded blueprint. He unfolded this, and he saw that it was of the Klausen synagogue. He also noticed something else about it, and so did Klaus. There's a cellar, the man uttered with surprise, while pointing to it on the blueprint. Yes, Herman uttered back. Now we know why the captain was so insistent about its existence. But where did he get this, Klaus asked. He must have found it somewhere, Herman answered, and this led to his obsession with getting inside the cellar. Quickly, Herman collected the papers, and he returned them to Dita before the two left the apartment and made their way down the hallway and the stairs. Near the bottom of the ladder, Herman saw fear growing on the face of Klaus, and he asked him what was wrong. You still think a golem is preposterous, Klaus mumbled. I still think it, Herman exclaimed. This is the 20th century, Klaus, and I reside firmly within it. So do you. Besides, if there really were a golem roaming around town, I could tell you for certain that I wouldn't be the last Jew in Prague. The killer was just trying to scare Fisher away from whatever he was looking for. That's all there is to it. Herman said this, but he didn't quite believe it as he knew the existence of a golem wasn't any more preposterous than the button he found in his hand the night before, or the old brass compass and rose petal that were right now sitting in his pockets. A golem was perhaps even less preposterous, which made him feel a fear even stronger than what Klaus was expressing. So how do we find out what Fisher was looking for, Klaus groaned. Herman answered, that, of course, is the Klitschowazalagitosis, Chex would say, the key to this whole mystery. But I'm thinking it perhaps has something to do with that ducat I found in Kleiner's pocket. I would like to go back to the Klausen, so I could ask Lieutenant Krieg some more questions. I'm sure she'll be overjoyed, Klaus noted. <laughs>